1 Samuel 17, 24-58 All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the same way, So shall it be done to the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Was it not but a word? And he turned away from him toward another and spoke in the same way, and the people answered him again as before. When the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor, and he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. 
the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and Judah rose with a shout and pursued the Philistines as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron, so that the wounded Philistines fell on the way from Sharahim as far as Gath and Ekron. And the people of Israel came back from chasing the Philistines, and they plundered their camp. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. As soon as Saul saw David go out against the Philistines, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, As your soul lives, O king, I do not know. And the king said, Inquire whose son the boy is. And as soon as David returned from the striking down of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, Whose son are you, young man? And David answered, I am the son of your servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. All right. Well, such an amazing story. Um, I think every time I read this, you know, we, we all kind of like know the story of, of David and Goliath, but the, the dialogue always hits, you know, differently than I expect. And there's just so much good stuff. And, um, also, you know, so much to think about and and so much room for error and, um, misapplication. Yeah. And, you know, like this is the classic, like, uh, in yesterday's episode, I talked about how I remember, I vividly remember like, uh, when I was on the football team in middle school, like a <laughs> locker room speech mm-hmm. that was kind of like a David and Goliath sermon. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, it's important to handle this carefully. So Jennifer McClish, yes. tell me, how do we approach this story? Um, yeah. What, what kind of framework do we look at this? Yeah, through? I know. That's a good question. I think, um, one of the frameworks that we can work from is that we were told in the beginning that um, Goliath is a champion of the mm. Philistines and the Israelites lack a champion. Mm. And then there is a defeated champion. And then there's someone who acts as a champion mm. and somebody who probably should have been the champion who wasn't. And so you definitely, there's something about a champion in here. Mm. Yeah. And then there's also a big um, response of fear versus faith. And mm. you have the people, um, you know, they're seeing with certain eyes. You can tell who has eyes of faith here and is seeing things the way God sees them and who doesn't. And I think that's like right out of the gate with David appearing on the scene and asking these questions. First of all, he's kind of clarifying this rumor, you know, Mm -hmm. of like, wait, the king said, you know, what are you saying? The king's going to like enrich a man who Mm -hmm. defeats this Philistine. And he's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that y'all are afraid? I mean, he's kind of like, trying to gather why there is this response. And I think that just kind of sets up right off the bat that David sees things differently. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I think also like with him seeing things differently, he is looking at everything through the lens of God's faithfulness. And he has like very clear confidence in the Lord and is able to like recall that. So when he's talking about um, when a bear or a lion, like, would come and take a lamb um, because he was a shepherd boy. Um, he would um, like fight these 
bears and lions yeah, grab and how, by the beard yeah, yeah. exactly um such a great image yeah so mm-hmm. cool and i think you mentioned this a couple days ago will but we just have this interesting picture of david of like being a very like timid boyish like kind of wimpy almost but really like totally. we see him like barehandedly killing bears and lions but he like recalls the lord in that and says like the lord did this and he uses that to like look to the future and be like okay there's this giant philistine that everyone's afraid of but i'm confident in the lord so Mm -hmm. like why would i fear him um which is really cool and we've seen that before in the um whenever you see a person of faith um we saw that in abraham's life where there's this logic of faith that begin again you have eyes to see yeah um, what God is doing because you believe what he's told you about the way of salvation. Mm. Um, and things start to line up with that and mm. how you perceive the world. And so, yes, you see his faithfulness in history, but you also see it in your own life. Yeah. But you don't just stop there. You project it in yeah. the future. Yeah. And so we saw that in Abraham's yeah. life while he was willing to sacrifice Isaac because he projected this. God will resurrect. Right. He will provide for himself a yeah. lamb, right? Like he had this kind of future expectation of God's goodness. Yeah. And here we're seeing it again in yeah. the life of David. So that's de- definitely, um, you know, instructive to us that like, as we grow in spiritual maturity, we have to learn to see God's faithfulness, but yeah. we also have to learn to project it and expect God's kindness. That's yeah. so great. Yeah. So I, I, I think like it's, it's really, that's such a great point of, you know, these, these past experiences are like the foundation mm-hmm. upon which, David is acting and you know like I to the to the point of how we kind of misrepresent this story in our minds like I I looked up David and Goliath on Google Images and it's like all these cartoons (laughs) Mm -hmm. and in each of these David looks like he's like you know six to eight years old yeah (laughs) and is like wearing a little tunic with like a little satchel purse with you know stones in it And, and it's not like the biblical image of somebody who's been wrestling bears and lions, you know? Right. And, and I, I also find it really fascinating. So, you know, I guess point A being like David is a, a man with grit who has like clung to this confident, you know, hope in like God's delivering hand yeah. and seen it at work time and time mm-hmm. again. And I think what is really, really important here is who like when we look at these different characters in the story who do they believe to be the the central figure yeah. mm-hmm. of the events and mm-hmm. the central the main character of the story mm-hmm. and so I, I find it really interesting in these opening verses the men of Israel are talking and they they're talking about Goliath they say surely he has come up to defy Israel and you know and so basically like at the at the core of this narrative is this evil champion who's come to challenge Israel. Mm -hmm. And then David, in response, he's kind of talking about the whole situation. And he says, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's not defy Israel. It's defy the armies of the living God. And and then, you know, we, he repeats that language. And then when he's talking to to Saul he talks about how it was actually God who delivered him from the paw yeah. of the bear mm-hmm. and the lion mm-hmm. and you know I I think that is so you know at the heart of so much so many times where we misapply this text yeah it's because Goliath is something in our life and we are David 
and, and Goliath is defying Israel. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of reclaiming that glory. And when in reality, like this is a story of the Lord defending his glory and yeah. his honor and David obediently like seeking God's glory above these other things. Yeah. Right. yeah. I think that's so important um, to always be seeing that in the word that um, so many of the faithful are always seeking God's glory. And it also completely changes this narrative again with this champion theme to show us that this is ultimately about Christ. I mean, he told us in Luke 24 that the whole Old Testament is about him. (laughs) But this one you can really see, and especially since we know that many, many times Jesus was referred to as the son of David. So there's like really something to this. And not identifying myself with David, you know, like I'm going to go out there and fight my battles. But again, Seeing that, no, I am Saul. I'm the one full of fear. I am Israel. I'm the one who is running away. I mm. need, I need a champion. Yeah. I need a king. Who will it be? Yeah. And then it's so instructive to see that oftentimes who God provides is not who we we would see His unexpected means of salvation, and that I need to be very careful about not resisting um, the ways of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, I was going to say, well, I could take up like, and to that point that one of the ways that he does that is he defeats um, the champion with his own uh, weapon. Mm. And we were talking yeah. about that earlier yeah. where yeah. David did not have a sword in his hand and right. he takes Goliath's sword and he cuts off, you know, Goliath's head with his own sword. And again, just pointing us to this beautiful fact that God is actually going to use the enemy's um, weapons of sin and death Gosh, to yeah. ultimately um, defeat that enemy. And mm. of course we know that Jesus does that by becoming sin on the cross, defeating death as we read in Hebrews two mm. and um, being our champion and our King. Yeah. 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 That, that is like such a powerful image. I've never thought about until today that David goes into this battle, you know, and it is an important like distinction that David actually doesn't kill Goliath with the, with the stone and sling. Right, right. He just like knocks him out or something. <laughs> and he kills, the text tells us he kills Goliath with his sword. So yeah, he like, he goes into this battle without a weapon, an right. instrument of death. Mm-hmm. And then he actually takes the enemy's instrument of death, his mm-hmm. sword, and uses it to kill the enemy. Yeah. And likewise, you know, Christ enters in and he doesn't have like the uh, a sword that the people of Israel wanted him right. to have. He comes in without a weapon of death and then takes the cross, mm. which is the enemy's, mm-hmm. you know, an instrument of death and, and uses that to break his rule. Right. So such an incredible image. Right. And you can see how many other people in the story kept looking to other means of defeating, like Saul wanting Gosh, to use yeah. his own armor, even his older brother. Was oh, uh, yeah. you know we definitely had that kind of that. right yeah. uh, Joseph like hints of Joseph there where it's like yeah. he's just like who are you but again this wasn't just like sibling rivalry like all of these stories this was actually about not seeing God not desiring His glory not mm-hmm. seeing yeah. His unusual way and going with His way of salvation um, and letting because I mean there's no God gets all the glory for this yeah Amen. Yeah. yeah yeah well great thoughts from David and Goliath and yeah just as we go about our days may we be people who 
are jealous for God's glory mm-hmm. and who are confident in his faithfulness and, yeah. and remember his faithfulness and project it into the future. That's good. So love it. For Jennifer McClish and Kate Clark, I'm Will Carlisle. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.